Welcome to the Sun-Dried Tomatoes podcast. I'm your host and creator, Anthony Outso. If you're watching on YouTube, you can find the audio-only version of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Please follow, download, and subscribe where applicable. For those listening to the audio version, I also have a video version on the Sun-Dried Tomatoes YouTube channel. You can subscribe there as well and check out other shows that I feature on there that are about sports, brewing, food, music, you know, entertainment, anything like that, including my original series, Random Reactions, where I talk about a new story from the previous week and give my take on it in interesting ways. Legends of the Diamond, where I talk about some of the greatest baseball players of all time that weren't actually allowed to play in the MLB from the late 1800s. Uh, early mid 1900s onwards to uh, you know the 1940s essentially and uh, brewing the facts is another one a show where I show you my process of home brewing a raspberry jalapeno wheat ale and also talk about some interesting facts such as brewing in medieval times and the origins of beer pong and uh, of course I this is a more festive episode so I'm actually drinking my jalapeno raspberry wheat ale it's a I, I like it. Uh, I'm not sure if Michael would like jalapeno and raspberries. Uh, I also have a new fantasy football show with a twist that comes out every Thursday until the end of the fantasy football season called The Quest for the Green Bowl, The Shadows of Chaos, a little bit of post-apocalyptic sci-fi theme, as well as mentioning our league and how we're doing and uh, just uh, just how the season's going and also related to just how anybody can play fantasy football. Um, you know, we've all essentially been transported into the future to win uh, a relic, an ancient relic, which is our trophy, in order to save the world from chaotic living shadows. It will be fun. Please follow me. You can also follow me on Instagram at eclectic underscore Yotso. That's E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C underscore I-O-Z-Z-O. I will have updates, teasers, and short videos to go with all my YouTube content, including weekly updates on my fantasy football league plus you might be able to get to know me a little bit better too now like i said before this is more of a festive podcast uh, unlike some of the other ones where they were more interview orientated and uh this one will be one of the one of the few ones that don't actually have a lot about sports but this is this one and next month's podcast i'm doing uh you know something with the holiday season having a little bit more fun with the formats as i dive into some more entertainment type topics uh, i'm joined today by my brother michael anthony Ozo. Today, as we dive into our favorite holiday movies and maybe bring back some memories from our previous family Christmas get-togethers, uh, we could both laugh at how our mother named him and then got lazy and named me Anthony Michael. So, <laughs> how you feeling, Mike? Are you excited to, to dive into some holiday movies today? Pretty excited. Yeah, so my, just to, to let you know, my brother is what I would call a movie connoisseur, uh, as he's seen so many movies I'm pretty sure he can recite all of the ones we will list from heart. Uh, he's also someone who's in the comedy and entertainment and will show up on some other Sun-Dried Tomatoes projects in the future. So, you know, I do have to ask anything to add about your movie expertise. I know you've, you've showed me so many movies in my life, uh, including maybe the unedited version of movies I saw on TV that I didn't even know existed. Uh, so, <laughs> is there, so is there anything else you want to add? Uh, about your expertise that that the audience might be interested in um no nah, i don't know you don't <laughs> you have no idea not sure <laughs> <laughs> trust me everybody 
he knows movies. Of course, <laughs> we, we grew up on the south side of Chicago, so we're both White Sox, Bulls, and Blackhawks fans as well. I'm excited about the Bulls. We're both hoping uh, for the White Sox to actually make some, some more trades. I know they picked up Graveman, uh, but we can get into those topics in another podcast. Right now, I want to talk movies. So what I did here is I made my top 10 holiday movies. Uh, I also will mention briefly mention five honorable mentions later. Uh, Michael and I will comment on the movie, maybe go down memory lane uh, from when we first saw the movie uh, or first saw it without censors. Uh, I'll list the, obviously I'll list the honorable mentions a little bit later. So, and then Michael uh, at the end can go through, tell me how I did, if he'd change anything or maybe add some movies I didn't mention. Uh, my one disclaimer is that I literally like so many holiday movies that it's, it, it would be impossible to narrow them down if I didn't, you know, tweak the criteria for how I pick these top 10. So I did my best. I'm sure Michael will have something to say about what I chose later, but I didn't include any animation on this list. Uh, in, in my opinion, that's kind of a different category. I wanted to go more live action. So without further ado, I'm going to start with my number 10 movie on this list. It's the lone Thanksgiving movie on my list, actually. <laughs> Planes, Trains, and Automobiles starring Steve Martin and John Candy from 1987 of course this is a, a john hughes film uh he shows up again on this list as he's been a part of so many movies i've watched throughout the years including another john candy film in uncle buck which i also enjoy but hughes passed away in 2009 but his legacy lives on with these movies and i have to say hilariously this movie is actually one of the six degrees of kevin bacon as he has a random scene in this movie as like a taxi racer uh marin Fer uh, ferrero the toilet snack guy from uh, Jurassic Park, the guy eaten by the T-Rex, he's in this movie as well. Michael McKeon, uh, Edie McClurg makes a, an amazing, uh, you know, scene possible. Uh, also in many movies, including Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Edie McClurg was also a voice in the Life and Times of Tim on HBO, which is another funny show. But uh, we also get Mr. Wilhelm from Seinfeld in this in this movie. Richard Hurd, he makes a he makes a little bit of an appearance. It's kind of funny how a lot of these '80s movies, there's so many random guys that were considered A-list actors, but they're in all these great movies, so you know them. You know, obviously talking about the movie, many scenes come to mind here. Uh, so many classic scenes. Uh, you know, a lot of these are actually on movieclips.com, uh, their YouTube channel. You can actually check them out if you've never actually seen the movie to see if you want to actually go check it out. But uh, in this one, you have you have all the car scenes, which keep getting better. Uh, the going the wrong way one uh, is pretty good. You know, you got Steve Martin and John Candy with skeleton heads. Uh, John Candy turns into the devil randomly. Like, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's all gold. Their fingers get melted into the dashboard and the steering wheel. You know, of course, uh, you know, the car ends up going on fire later in the scene and then they got to drive this burnt up car and they're like sticking to the seats. That's really funny. Just classic comedy. Of course, uh, you get some very good lines. Of course, John Candy and Steve Martin share a bed in a motel in one scene and you get the those aren't pillows. <laughs> like, it's all good stuff. And like all John Hughes films, they actually have tearjerker moments as well. Uh, the ending here is actually one of those. Uh, you know, it's got a little bit of an emotional add to all the comedy. Uh, it, in my opinion, the one of the all-timers in this movie is the car rental scene with Edie McClurg. You get Steve Martin uh, going on that terrible journey across the lot after the shuttle drops him off and the rental car isn't there. Uh, that's funny in and of itself. He's falling down hills, getting snow in his shoes. 
but the rant that Steve Martin goes opposite McClurg, it's so good. McClurg plays uh, the person at the car rental uh, desk. It, it's a rant I'm sure many of us have wanted to have in certain moments, you know, like at the DMV. But, you know, just I could go down the list of all the scenes in this movie. I think it's a, a very funny movie. It's got the emotional moments, like I said. It's a good family classic, something to watch after stuffing yourself on Thanksgiving for sure. You know, and travel's still a nightmare. So this movie kind of still holds up to the present times. What's funny is that I only remember watching the uncensored, unedited version for the first time after college. There's actually some scenes that they don't necessarily show or they cut on TV. Uh, but, uh, you know, for you, Michael, I'm sure you've seen this movie a million times. What, what are your thoughts on plane, trains, and automobiles? Are, are you also, uh, do you also dig this movie a little bit? Yeah, I think it's great. What's, uh, you know, what's, uh, what's I, I didn't know like all those other people were in it though. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it. <laughs> You know, like I said, all those kind of B-list actors, I guess I would say, some of them C-list actors, uh, yeah. they make such small cameos that uh, you might not know they're in it because it's just a small scene here and there. Uh, Edie McClurg is one that would stand out because of that uh, that end scene. But yeah, Kevin Bacon, it's like, I didn't know he was in there. Mr. Yeah. Wilhelm, um, you know, it, it's kind of funny how they're just little things make a movie funny. But uh, I mean, uh, do you remember... Uh, you know, kind of the first time you saw this movie, uh, like uh, I, I know it came out in the 80s. Obviously, you would have been, you know, not old enough at first. So I'm guessing you didn't see it closer to the 90s. But uh, just, you know, what, uh, you know, and when you first saw this movie or, or whatever, like, did you think it was hilarious? Uh, I, I did think it was hilarious. I'd like, when did that come out? <laughs> it came out in 1987 so um you know you would have been six or seven at the time i believe seven you would have been at the time yeah uh, i don't think i remember seeing it till about 10 um yeah 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 <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is is uh you know a lot of these movies we either saw like uh on tv or you know maybe not necessarily at the theaters but we saw them uh, you know like because you know, our dad maybe showed us the movie or it was just on, t I know they used to play movies on TV, probably a lot more than they do now. I feel, uh, the, un but like I said, the uncensored version, I didn't see until after college. So yeah, there is uh, a lot of swearing in it. So I don't think it's very family. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I disagree because family movie, <laughs> I disagree because of the it's got those tearjerker moments and the kids don't know mm. what's going on half mm. the time. There's actually a couple of movies on here that uh, you know I would say are family, but there's things that go over kids' heads. Uh, so you know, I don't know. I guess it's <laughs> I guess it's the discretion of the parent, but uh, you know, I I think it's pretty good. Um, mm. And uh, that's my number ten. So we're I'm going to move on now. My number nine, uh, I get a uh, I get a little comedy whore going with the addition of gremlins from 1984 directed by joe dante and written by chris columbus uh one some funny facts about these guys which i didn't necessarily know watching these movies but joe dante uh directed inner space and the burbs uh columbus also wrote the screenplay for the goonies of course gremlins 2 the new badge uh also apparently gremlins 3 and the goonies 2 have been announced Columbus is the executive producer of Gremlins 3, so I guess they're making sequels to these movies that I didn't know about. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Of course, uh, you know, Phoebe Cates is one of the stars here, also from Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Drop Dead Fred. 
Uh, Cates, of course, is married to Kevin Klein, moved away from acting in the mid-90s, actually, so hasn't, I think, had a couple of things, but for the most part, since 94, hasn't been in much. Uh, Zach, Gil- uh, Zach Gilgan is the other star, uh, mostly known for the Gremlins movies. He actually hasn't done mm. much else besides Gremlins. <laughs> you also get Corey Feldman as a child actor in here. Um, you know, Dick Miller, who had many minor roles, roles is in it, including the garbage man in the burbs, one of the garbage men in one of those scenes. Uh, yeah, obviously you get the cute in this movie. You have the mogwai. You get the comedy whore with the gremlins themselves uh, as they kind of just want to party and cause havoc. I mean, you have to love the caroler scene with Mrs. Deagle played by Polly Holiday. Mrs. Deagle's a mean woman, kind of gets what she deserves. You know, I remember laughing a lot, you know, when I was 12 uh, at this scene. Uh, you know, you, you have the gremlins pretending the Christmas carolers. And then Mrs. Deagle gets messed with her little chairlift that brings her up some stairs. She gets thrown out a window. It's like, not really family, maybe a little mean, but she was no, a mean character. It, though. Yeah, exactly. She was <laughs> a mean character. There's also the strange in this movie, like when Phoebe Kate's character, Kate, uh, kind of funny that her name's Kate, gives one of the most suppressing Christmas stories of all time in a scene with uh, Gilligan's character, Billy. <laughs> I mean, it's just so <laughs> depressing. It's just like, wow, this person cannot enjoy Christmas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, overall, uh, the movie the movie definitely has Christmas down. You know, you got the gremlins going on, but it takes place during Christmas. And, it, uh, you know, you, the narration is pretty good. The overall theme with humans messing with nature is always fun because uh, it usually leads to bad things. Uh, the Dick, you know, the, the, the Dick Miller scenes where he's uh, an old army vet kind of reminds yeah. us of our <laughs> Uncle Mickey a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, you know, he gets messed with the gremlins, but he knows all about the gremlins because of the <laughs> stories from World War II. <laughs> you know? It's not the greatest movie of all time, obviously, but it's definitely one I watch every December. Uh, we've watched this movie many times, me and Michael here, uh, you know, when I come into Chicago often during the holidays. But, uh, you know, what, what do you like about Gremlins? You know, there's uh, there's there's so many kind of random scenes that it's just kind of all blends together. But this is obviously a classic. I don't know. It's just a great, great Christmas movie, I think. <laughs> and um it's actually my least favorite judge reinhold cameo movie <laughs> yeah I, I forget that judge reinhold is also in this movie he's what the banker guy like <laughs> that's funny he's in a million other movies too including oh. fast times with phoebe case it's, it's funny how a lot of these actors end up being in the same movies <laughs> you know it's like they must all just you know, like, oh, like, I'm doing this movie. You should be in it. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> so funny. Uh, you know, I, I think with Gremlins, um, you know, as a kid, I really thought it was, you know, you get the Gremlins and, and they're nuts. You get the Mogwai, kind of a weird creature from, you know, essentially the the old wise man from China, you know, has the Mogwai because <laughs> you got the salesman guy. But like. The, the thing about Gremlins that I think as an adult, besides the nostalgia that gets me, is the fact that it's like kind of absurd, you know, with the with the family, because it's like you have this poor family, you have the, the one character, Billy, you have that one character, Kate, both of them have ridiculous, like, you know, obviously the dad's never around for the one family. They have these weird inventions that don't work. Then you have Cade who had like a horrible tragedy happen during Christmas. 
it's uh, mrs deagle wants to like murder a dog <laughs> it's just it's just so absurd those, those inventions i remember that now the smokeless ashtray that it actually like you open it and it like it chokes you yeah <laughs> it's all the smoke yeah it's supposed to be smokeless <laughs> But but that that's what's funny though is because you look at it you realize that like it's essentially saying the humans are as bad as the gremlins and I think that that's why I like it because you, you you just it's like you have all these horrible things happening and it's like who's really the bad guy here the gremlins who just want to party in the bar and like cause havoc and like chaos <laughs> or, or Mrs Deagle who wants to kill a you know a dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Another reason why I laughed when she was uh, thrown out the window. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, Gremlins is definitely my number nine. Uh, so now I want to move on to number eight. And now I'm getting into uh, a little action on this list as I go with a movie that many forget is a Christmas movie, Die Hard from 1988, directed by, <laughs> directed by John McTiernan, uh, also directed Die Hard with a Vengeance. Last Action Hero, The Hunt for Red October, and Predator. So he did a lot of uh, action movies that are pretty famous. Um, he didn't direct Die Hard 2, though, which might be why it's my least favorite of the original trilogy. But, you know, of course, the story is based on a novel by Roderick Thorpe called Nothing Lasts Forever. I've never actually read this novel, but I would like to check it out at some point. Uh, it sounds like it could be fun. But you get Bruce Willis, Ellen Rickman, William Atherton, uh, Paul Gleason, the pr- uh, principal from The Breakfast Club. You get Bonnie Bedelia, and of course, uh, the man, the myth, the cop, Reginald Vell Johnson, otherwise known as Carl Winslow to most people. <laughs> He's also in this film. To be honest, the Vell Johnson cameo in this might be one of my favorite side characters, and I guess it's not even a cameo. I'm pretty sure Family Matters didn't exist yet when this came out. I already knew of Family Matters when I saw Die Hard for the first time, so to me, it's a cameo. Uh, but he plays Sergeant uh, L. Powell, uh, the scenes where he's talking with Bruce Willis's character, uh, you know, they're all timers, in my opinion. He's talking to John McClane, emotion, suspense, there's some comedy. I mean, you can't go wrong there. Carl Winslow just plays a cop so well. Reginald Vale Johnson. Uh, the story is compelling for an action movie, of course. You get, uh, the, you know, the movie starts where the odds are stacked against John McClane, all the way down to not having shoes and needing to walk over broken glass. Uh, I think Ellen Rickman might be... Uh, one of the most fantastic villains of like the 80s action movies his voice is just classic i mean the guy's a very good actor of course uh one of my favorite scenes is the final standoff of course you know they're both laughing at each other it's just it creates suspense this scene's been spoofed so many times danny devito and it's always sunny in philadelphia spoofs this scene in one of the episodes (laughs) you know I actually remember watching this movie unedited for the first time by our grandmother's house. Uh, you know, a grandmother, Nani, I was probably 11 or 12 because she had HBO. Do you remember like Nani had HBO and we didn't even have cable? Uh, but she was she loved action movies. Nani was into this. Like there was well, some she got the free free stuff from uh, uh, little Frankie. He knew somebody and they gave him the, the things to screw on the box. Yeah, yeah, she's the old, and, and it, it, we used to, there were some school nights I stayed over there for whatever reason, I don't know if, you know, people were working or, or they went out and they needed not need to babysit, but I remember staying there on some school nights too, but, uh, you know, whatever the reason I was staying there, I remember always staying up late to watch action movies with Nani. Like she loved them. Like Universal Soldier, she'd be all into it. Like, oh man, this movie's good. 
<laughs> like she actually loved action movies and because this was usually on tv around the holidays i probably saw it every year for a good 20 years die hard you know so some would say i'm stretching to say this is a holiday movie though um you know it it was billed as one though i gotta say so you know i think i'm correct like they actually in the in the previews that's, were that's like just carl winslow undercover yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> if you've not seen that reddit's uh you know conspiracy theory you should go check that out because that isn't it, it's a pretty great <laughs> one it links every single movie that reginald vale johnson is in and, and links it back to carl winslow <laughs> um a crocodile Dundee too. <laughs> the limo driver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what about you? I mean, would you you probably consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? I would hope. But uh, is this is this one you think about the holidays? Is this one that you think about Christmas? Die Hard? I actually never. I haven't seen it in like the longest time. Really? That that's oh. interesting. Oh. Um, but like, I, like, can anything be a Christmas movie that has Christmas in it? That's that's my question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, when you if it was for a second, it had Christmas in it. <laughs> yeah. Like one second of Christmas, like it opened and it's Christmas and the rest of the movie takes place in the summer. That's a Christmas. Movie. I was just watching a movie with Chris Pratt on Amazon and it had Christmas in it for a little bit. <laughs> for like five seconds. <laughs> it depends on how people do lists. I, I like to do it to where most of the story takes place during Christmas or the theme itself can be relatable to winter Christmas. Uh, you know, there are movies that came around Christmas too. Like obviously Die Hard was released uh, around the holidays and it was Isn't Harry Potter a Christmas movie too. Uh, one of them is, I think no. is considered, I forget if it's the first one or uh, one of them is, I watched that too. You haven't seen Die Hard in forever. I'm actually kind of surprised about that. I mean, do you, uh, do you even like this movie? <laughs> oh, I do. I like it, but um, yeah, I, I've been meaning to watch it again, but I just always forget. <laughs> oh, man. I I recommend it, man. A Ellen Rickman, he's so good in it. Yeah, um, great. Yeah, and it, it it's just uh, I don't know. It's like it, it. Some of those '80s action movies were just uh, they they flowed very good. Like they weren't necessarily all special effects and like all you know shootouts. The suspense of like. And the conversations in this movie, I think, make it like the John McClane and, uh, you know, the sergeant when they're talking. Uh, those are some great scenes. But, uh, you know, but the, I still think it's uh, it's crazy to think when you have all these movies and if there's Christmas in there for like 10 seconds, you have to have a debate. Is that a Christmas movie now? <laughs> you know, I, I'm one to say that uh the nightmare before christmas is more of a christmas movie than a halloween movie it's actually both yeah it's it, watching both times <laughs> yeah that's what that's what people tell me <laughs> i'm like yeah but like the main part is christmas but i guess yes it's halloween and christmas yeah, yeah. A, uh, tim burton stretching stretching the definitions i guess you know but yeah that's uh to me, Die Hard has definitely got to be on my top 10. So I'm, I'm guessing because you haven't seen it in so long, it wouldn't be on yours. So I'll be interested to hear, uh, you know, if you have anything else to take its place. But I'm going to move on to number seven now. Uh, A Christmas Story from 1983. I know our cousin Laura's probably screaming as she listens to this because that's probably number one or number two on her list. She loves Christmas Story so much. Uh, <laughs> you know, but again, this is a very hard list to make. 
And like I said, if it makes this list, that means it's a good movie in my mind. But the, the one thing about A Christmas Story, while it's good, it has a lot of great scenes. I always remember it during that 24 hours of A Christmas Story thing they do on like TNT or TBS, one of those channels, um, you know, during Christmas Eve. So it would always be on TV when we'd be at Nana's house for, for our Christmas Eve family parties. And I would catch parts throughout the day. But I would never like ever watch it like from the beginning to the end. I, th- you know, it, it was actually later. Like I, w- I think I was in like college when I finally watched a Christmas story from the beginning to the end without it being broken up. You know, it's kind of like when I fell asleep during a Captain Ron marathon. Apparently, I kept waking up and Captain Ron was on. I was like, Captain <laughs> Ron. <laughs> I think I was so like, I was so drunk too. I was like, man, I felt like I was on the ship with Captain Ron. <laughs> <laughs> it, that might be one of the funniest things I've ever first of all first of all why would you need a captain <laughs> was it like pirate day like <laughs> kurt russell day but like i, I watched the whole movie throughout the night because like every time i woke up it was a scene i didn't watch yet so <laughs> <laughs> that's so good oh man that's good stuff you know, I, I do have to say that, uh, you know, I might not even watch the full Christmas story, like I said in the beginning. Uh, but if they did more marathons like that, I don't know, a Captain Ron marathon where you could go to sleep and wake up at a different scene. That sounds like an amusement park, right? <laughs> like, you know, back to a Christmas story after we went on that crazy rant. Uh, you know, I, I do say the scenes are still iconic, which is why I have it on here. I mean, you'll shoot your eye out kid, of course, with the BB gun, uh, the tongue frozen on the pole, that ridiculous kind of a stripper leg lamp that the dad gets. I mean, all good stuff. Bob Clark directed the movie. Uh, this is uh, the best movie he's directed. So I don't know what that says. <laughs> it, it's it's based on a novel by Gene Shepard called In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. I actually did not know that either but upon the research. Uh, Shepard uh, was the narrator's voice in the movie. So I wonder if because he wrote the book, he said, I need to be involved in some way. I'm going to guess. I didn't see anything online about that. Uh, Peter Billingsley plays uh, young Ralphie as a child. This is his most famous movie as well it's kind of funny this is one of the rare movies where the cast is kind of a bit of an unknown uh, the mo- the mother though melinda dillon she was in close encounters of the third kind so she's probably the most well-known person here uh you know the the dad of course darren mcgavin was also in uh, billy madison adam sandler's dad in that movie john favreau invited ralphie to be in the elf movie oh yeah and was he was in the elf movie i believe yes yeah so, you know, this movie, of course, uh, a lot of memories uh, just because of the parties we'd have uh, by our grandma and Nana's house. Uh, it was always on television. I could just visualize uh, every one of those, uh, you know, Christmas parties. Uh, we could actually probably make a Christmas movie ourselves about our family and all the insanity that happened at those parties. You know, when I watch this movie, it literally just reminds me of my Uncle Danny screaming Prince Spaghetti Day all wasted at me, <laughs> you know, or, or our Aunt Bonnie being the real life version of the show Shameless, just showing up on crutches because she like hit her like leg on a door or something, you know, 
And then, uh, you know, our great grandmother, Clara, she'd just be kind of wandering around the kitchen, you know, early on. Like I remember that as a young kid as well. There was always a fight that ended like Christmas. Yeah. There was always some sort of an insane fight. Where, Nobody you know, went through the Christmas tree, like thrown <laughs> through the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah it was uh definitely some crazy times with jugs of carlo rossi wine (laughs) you know and all the eggnog and and uh you know champagne bottles being taken off uh off uh you know tables with nobody even noticing and all the teenagers drinking champagne (laughs) just some crazy moments uh but uh you know again like that's what a christmas story actually ends up reminding me when i see it it's not even that the movie it is a good movie, some good scenes, but it's more of those memories. Uh, so that's why it's number seven on my list. But just what are your thoughts on the movie? Do you think I'm crazy for having it this low or, or uh, you know? You yeah, know? I, I don't I'm like I'm not crazy about it. Like, I like it, but it's not like going to be in my top list at all. Oh, so we get a little teaser there. And, <laughs> you know, again, it's it's more the nostalgia and the memories for me. That's why I couldn't really put it higher than seven. Uh, but, you know, again, I, I do like it. I do like the scenes. It's maybe one of those movies where uh, the few scenes that are good in there are worth watching on YouTube. But, you know, maybe you don't need to watch the whole movie. You know, I'm going to move on now to the last uh, of the first half of my list here. Number six. I'm talking about Edward Scissorhands, another Christmas movie some might not expect uh, to be called a Christmas movie. This one is from 1990. Um, you know, I, I think this one qualifies for Christmas because the last third of the movie actually centers around a Christmas party. Um, and uh, there's like that dark fairy tale aspect through the whole thing, which reminds me of like Norwegian folklore type stuff. So I just consider that Christmas as well. I think it just screams Christmas. You know, it's you like have some- Adam Stanley too. It's a, it's a Thanksgiving movie because that whole play, but it happened in summer at a camp. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, that is true. And that's one I didn't even think about for holiday movies. You know, I, I, I like the first Adam's family movie better than the second one, I think, but uh you know that one is pretty good. That that might mm-hmm. have that might have made an honorable mention if I well, was. Carol Kane is the new grandma in that. She wasn't in the first one, that's why I like the second one. Yeah, Carol Kane's great. She actually shows up in a movie on this list a little later. But uh, you know, obviously talking about Edward Scissorhands, Tim Burton, one of the writers, uh, uh, Carolyn Thompson as well. Uh, Tim Burton obviously directed. Uh, we all know this. Uh, you know, hit the most famous Tim Burton. A Halloween Christmas movie hybrid that we kind of mentioned before, Nightmare Before Christmas. I consider that an animated movie, which is why it's not on this list. Uh, Thompson actually also wrote the original Adams Family movie, the first one, um, you know, before the second one. Also wrote a Secret Garden uh, screenplay, uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas screenplay, Corpse Bride. So been involved with a lot of Tim Burton, kind of as a co-writer which is pretty interesting. Edward Scissorhands obviously stacked. You got Johnny Depp, Winona Ryder, Diane Weist, uh, the buff version of Anthony Michael Hall, not the nerd version. <laughs> uh, and another all-time cameo in Vincent Price might be my some of my favorite scenes playing the inventor. Diane Weist, she always reminded me of Aunt Barbara. Yeah. Yeah, she did. And she's another <laughs> one. She's in, all, she's in so many different movies that I like, <laughs> you know, but it's just kind of weird that there's like these random people that you wouldn't consider stars, but they happen to be in the, some of the best movies, you know, but again, 
in Edward Scissorhands, I think what stands out to me, the cinematography, the set work, just how everything is just so uniform. It makes the suburb seem so boring. And then that like foreboding house in the background is pretty cool. <laughs> I think I think it's funny when Johnny Depp's learning how to live in regular societies, cutting people's hair. You know, yeah. <laughs> women women are coming on to him. He's in love with Winona Ryder. Uh, you know, I think the Winona Ryder scenes are pretty pretty great as well. Um, you know, the ice sculpture scene is a classic one. The the mob mentality in this movie it's pretty it's pretty classic kind of trope. Um, and I think the score makes this movie good in and of itself. Danny Elfman did it. So Danny Elfman was actually upset with how the, the music was dubbed in the original Batman movie that he did in 1989. So it was the year prior to Edward Scissorhands. Uh, he went all out here to do the best he could. He made sure that he was involved in the process, watching the scenes. He didn't like that in Batman, he gave his score and then they edited it in without his input. He made sure his input was in here. And I think it makes every scene actually makes sense like the music fits every single scene including that famous ice dance scene like i said with winona Ryder, pretty classic with the music you know the thing is is i really enjoyed this movie as a kid uh and then as i grew up i enjoyed it even more uh, it's a movie i've seen many times uh, the inventor scenes with vincent price are just so good a big tearjerker in there as well um, but uh, you know what I like about this is, like I said, it's like kind of that trope, that outcast story, uh, the typical Frankenstein, where there's the monster he doesn't fit in, and then uh, the people turn on him in the end just because he's different. You know, as a kid, uh, I didn't really fit in with a lot of groups, so I kind of related with Edward Scissorhands. You know, you know. I also think about the Seinfeld episode when they talk about Edward Scissorhands. So what does Kramer say? Like, you know, I wish I had shoehorn hands. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what about you? Do, uh, do you like Edward Scissorhands? You know, what are your thoughts on, on this movie? Do you think uh, do you think it fits a Christmas list for you? No, oh, I love Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, I always thought it was a Christmas movie, too. Yeah, what what uh, what would you say are some of your fa- favorite parts of it? Oh, Vincent Price definitely like the best yeah. best part of that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's my I favorite too. It best. Yeah, it's my favorite too. I mean, he it's just like the way he talks. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Those those flashback scenes are so weird. So what's crazy uh, is you know, Matt Barry. I'm sure you know Matt Barry. You know IT crowd, Mighty Boosh. You know he's in makes cameos and million different things. Uh, you know, I love Matt Barry. I think he's hilarious. He did just he he does songs too. He does albums, uh, and one of the songs he did is called "Hold My Hand." The music video reminds me a lot of Edward Scissorhands, hilariously, mm-hmm. because of that trope. Like essentially, you have this old guy who he uh, you know he's kind of lonely he feels like he's not leaving a legacy well he invents this robot and like tries to teach this robot you know things as if it's his son like you know teaching him how to drink tea or like how to you know do walk over there or like read a book like all these different things and uh, so the music video goes and then like he's teaching this robot they're all happy and fun well at the end of the music video uh, the old man like dies but he's like happy he's like i i I left something well it's it's kind of then the robot kind of doesn't know what to do kind of wanders off at the end it's almost like bittersweet like you saw this thing and then like it's kind of sad at the end that's kind of like edward scissorhands like you know like the vincent price scenes you know you had this inventor 
uh, he's like creating this person, something he's never invented because he can never have a son. Um, and you know, before he can finish, he died. <laughs> so it's just, you know, this whole thing. And spoiler alert, um, I, I would hope you've seen this movie coming out in the 90s, but you know, it's just, uh, I just enjoy Edward Scissorhands a lot. Like you said, I always consider it a Christmas movie. And, you know, uh, if people disagree, they disagree, I guess. But I like it. So now, <laughs> now I'm going to get into the top five. And I'm sure you, you're going to enjoy number five here. Because I bring a clear Christmas movie in Elf from 2003. Starring Will Ferrell, James Caan, and Bob Newhart. Written by uh, David Birnbaum. Uh, directed by John Favreau. Uh, who... To be honest, every time I see John Favreau or anything he's in, all I can think about is that PCU scene with the old lady asking him, "Can you blow me where the Pampers is?" <laughs> I, I think about um, uh, Swingers and, and Maid. Oh yeah, Swingers is another one. I just that that PCU scene just cracks me up every time, where he's like high as hell and doesn't know how to handle it, and like thinks the old lady is asking him, "Can you blow me where the Pampers is?" <laughs> <laughs> but, but obviously Favreau has been an actor writer uh, he's directed movies like Iron Man he's kind of a jack of all trades guy uh, this movie is another movie that our cousin Laura obviously loves uh, probably this and A Christmas Story would be her top two I would guess uh, but to make my top five does mean a lot so don't get mad at me I mean you can't really go wrong you got Will Ferrell playing Buddy Bob Newhart's a classic comedian he's got such good delivery he's kind of a narrator at times in this movie you got James Caan uh, he can do drama, action, and comedy, no problems. He's just a good actor. Ed Asner playing Santa Claus. You know, our Aunt Mary, Mary Steenbergen, not actually our Aunt Mary, but looks like our Aunt Mary, is also in this. Uh, Peter Dinklage, Amy Sedaris. I mean, they have like kind of an all-star cast. Of course, my fiance Alexandra's favorite actress, Zoe Deschanel's in this too. Uh, she'll get a kick out of that. <laughs> a, a, a great cast. He looks uh, terrible with that blonde hair, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Much better with black hair, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, Farrell's buddy character obviously is a, as a human ended up being raised by elves uh, thinks he's an elf uh, until he learns he's human so then he goes mm -hmm. on a journey from the North Pole to find his birth father which is played by James Conn Walter Hobbs uh, Newhart plays the elf papa who kind of uh, you know brings him up uh, he's kind of uh, it, it kind of starts like a documentary with Bob Newhart talking uh, about how he raised elf that's really funny uh, you know what one of my favorite scenes you got Artie Lang kind of making a random cameo as a department store Santa. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the, the you sit on a throne of lies scene where he's accosting <laughs> the fake Santa. That's pretty good. Uh, the snowball fight where like suddenly, you know, Will Ferrell's like a superhuman, like with snowballs. That, that was pretty good. You know, I just think, uh, I think this is a very good holiday movie. I, I wouldn't call it shockingly funny, like, you know, like an office Christmas party is just meant to be like ridiculously like so many dirty things and things going on and like people making jokes, uh, you know, it's just meant to be absurd. This is more of like, I would say it's it's more of a, it's probably closer to a family Christmas movie than anything else. There are some things that go over kids' heads, but, you know, I, I would think that this is definitely a good holiday movie. Uh, the, the way classic Christmas movies are incorporated, you got Leon the Snowman, 
uh, it's like you know kind of like the the snowman narrator from like rudolph the red-nosed reindeers randomly in santa's village um and the, like santa claus he explains to will ferrell's character what a peep show is you know so there's things that definitely are like adult but like the kid's not going to know what that means was he eating spaghetti <laughs> and like something like spaghetti and some candy right yeah yeah he he lived he, he pretty much lived on like candy <laughs> like somehow well, he, he was eating it with spaghetti like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, it's it's good stuff i mean I, I, obviously i understand why laura anyone likes this so i mean what do you like or dislike about alpha you know i i feel like it was one of those gems from the 2000s uh that came out and and i like most things that will ferrell's in so yeah, it was one of the newer Christmas movies that I really liked. Yeah, and, that, and I know that you have uh, kind of showed me a lot of different Christmas. Every time we come over, we find like a new one. Another one that didn't, uh, you know, spoiler alert, didn't make my uh, list, but that musical with the zombies, that's kind of a Christmas movie randomly. Uh, I it om- I was almost it was thinking the whole point. <laughs> yeah, I was almost thinking of putting it on the list, but I didn't just because it's kind of new. Uh, and like, I feel like I have to watch it a couple more times before I, I really like. Remember the one with it. Ben Affleck and um, James Gandolfini surviving yeah. Christmas and Christine Applegate. Yeah. It ended weird, where they're just like, "I love you as my fake sister," and "I love you as my fake brother," or like something like that. It was just, it was just weird. Yeah. It's like, what? They're getting turned on by that. It <laughs> <laughs> it kind of makes you almost uh when you look at all the christmas movies that there actually are you're almost like wow there's like thousands like you know tens of thousands maybe for all we know Uh, especially when you get back to the 30s and 40s they made like a christmas movie like every day (laughs) like there was like a new christmas movie some of those weird movies and then they would turn franchises they would have one christmas version you know like you know even even the three stooges had like a christmas episode so like everything has christmas but uh then we talk about like the newer stuff like i I feel like elf is probably the new the newest christmas movie that is most that is probably got the most kind of family vibe like a lot of the other christmas movies i've seen like maybe that fred claus movie that you showed me uh kind of has that as well but i don't know like i feel like this one was the most well done uh in like you know our late uh you know generation uh that uh kind of came along because like a, a lot of the movies on uh, 80s 90s like you know and, and maybe before you know even 40s 50s were like considered some of the top ones but elf like for me it's definitely up there so i mean are you surprised uh kind of that uh the christmas movie thing is still going strong because to be honest i'm a little surprised that we still have you know, so many Christmas movies and like everybody wants to make them like comedians want to make Christmas movies all the time. Like, I think that's, it's kind of funny. I mean, we all have Christmas parties, I guess, but I mean, are you surprised by that at all? No, I'm not surprised. Still, you know, a lot of good stuff coming out. Um, I'm not surprised about it. Well, like when you talk about Elf, what do you think about Bob Newhart uh, being in this movie randomly? Like, I, I think, uh, I think he might have some of the best delivery. Like, obviously, with our dad, we used to watch the Bob Newhart show. Oh, great, Newhart. yeah. He's so funny. Um, like, uh, are you surprised that Bob Newhart's going to be in random movies like with Will Ferrell? Like, because to be honest, when I first saw that he was in the movie, I was like, 
No, I'm not surprised because he was on Mad TV as well. That is true. And <laughs> he was playing a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. I remember that episode about being buried in a box <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, he's just uh, he's just an all timer. That guy. Uh, it's good stuff. I, I think that in and of itself keeps this in the top five for me. Just those scenes with him. Uh, but yeah, let, moving on to number four, and I know you love this movie because you're the first one who told me about it, first one who showed it to me. You were before I even saw it, you were reciting scenes. I'm talking about Bill Murray's classic comedy Scrooged from 1988, uh, directed by Richard Donner. Uh, who hilariously, you look at this guy, Richard Donner's uh, movies he directed, the the entire Lethal Weapon franchise. The original Superman, of uh, the toy starring Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason. Uh, it's just kind of an insane list of movies, including Scrooge. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, Scrooge is based on A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Uh, Mitch Glazer, who also helped write the A Very Murray Christmas special. And Michael O'Donohue, who is the SNL head writer from 1976 to 1981. So that original cast, uh, they both kind of wrote the screenplay here um and uh, i didn't even look this one up that's that's great i didn't even know about all these people that did this stuff (laughs) yeah yeah and you've seen this movie a million times like there are little things i i definitely anyone that's seen movies like maybe you you like a movie a lot maybe you're not uh you don't know who the writers are like you know the director uh i i tell everyone go check it out go look on imdb see who they are and then see what other movies they did because you're gonna realize that they've probably done many good movies and they've been involved in many good things. Like, you know, these are like the, there's a reason why this is number four on my list, you know, and then you get to the cast. You're talking about Carol Kane. She's in this one. Uh, You know, obviously Bill Murray takes center stage, but then you get Karen Allen, uh, John Glover, uh, Elfrey Woodard, Bobcat Goldthwait makes a, makes an an amazing thing. And and don't forget about Robert Goulet's Cajun Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Robert Goulet is in this. Uh, also, John Houseman playing himself. Uh, you know, can I help you, Mister Bag? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Seinfeld fanatics obviously get that reference, but you know, he plays himself reading a Christmas Carol on the TV special. That's good stuff. You know, I, you know, for for those that for some reason have never for, seen for this cats. Movie. Remember the the whole thing for cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more stuff for cats but you know bill murray as a tv exec uh when when i first saw this movie just the opening with the advertisements it's just gold you know you have you have uh the one that the staff wants to put out and it's just like you know santa claus and like the the six million dollar man like in like a crazy terrorist battle no. <laughs> and robert goulet's cajun christmas like it's just all in there at the beginning you know he's i'm dreaming of a white christmas like with alligators trying to kill him you know and then and this one was his his clip like <laughs> <laughs> acid rain <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> you're gonna die like it's just ridiculous it, it's just so good <laughs> and then you i mean carol kane just her voice is recognizable playing the ghost of a uh, christmas present yeah. she keeps like hitting him hitting him in the nuts punching him in his face you know it, it, it just all Wait, who's that one guy again the cab driver he's he's kind of famous too 
Yeah, yeah. Niagara Falls. Yeah, yeah, that guy's good. That guy's hilarious. I think that scene is good too because the flashback scenes kind of show you how Frank Cross became who he was. Mm. Uh, And uh, I I believe that was Brian Doyle Murray playing uh, his dad too. Yeah, Yeah, and and, and that's his brother in real life. So uh, it's just a choo choo train, it's 10 pounds of eel. <laughs> but that's uh it's all good stuff you know mm-hmm. obviously you get the the one-liners uh, one that you said and i was like wait he says that and then i watched the movie again but like i thought you were richard Pryor when he's throwing the, the, yeah. the fire. <laughs> so, i didn't get that till like years later <laughs> yeah and as a kid it would have went over my head because i yeah. didn't even know that richard Pryor set himself on fire like no, was, me either like, like I you know, didn't get that till like years later. I was, yeah, like I had to see a documentary, and then I was like, "Oh, now I get it." Like now it's like <laughs> the best line ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just the uh, and it's it, it's definitely Christmas. I mean, you have yeah. so again, like I could we could go down these scenes forever. That uh, you get the ending. It's kind of a sing along. Uh, you know, I used to join in that when I was a kid and saw this movie on you know you know before, but. Uh, I'd say that there had been a, a fun. I think this would have been a fun movie to see in the theaters. I'm kind of sad I didn't get to it. I wonder if the theaters actually did the because you know he's like everybody on the left side now. Let's hear you and everybody on the right. Like I wonder if people actually did that. Like you know <laughs> break, they call that breaking down the fourth wall or whatever. No, uh, but it, what's funny is that for some reason critics hated this movie. Like I don't get it. Like it's loved by audiences. It actually did very well at the box office. I think. You know, it grossed a, a pretty good amount for that time, close to 100 million, I believe. Uh, one critic from the Washington Post named Joe Brown at the time said it wouldn't age well and that it was unlikely to become a seasonal tradition. Um, well, <laughs> I would say that's wrong because this movie is my number four and, and I know you like it. You know, I've seen it. I've seen it a million times. You know, I have to say that, uh, you know, because you you kind of showed me some of the funny and more subtle moments of this movie uh, that I might've missed. Like when we've rewatched it, uh, you know, what, what do you think? I mean, uh, how dumb do you think it is that the critics didn't like it? Because I think it's like timeless. I think that it, it will last for forever. I didn't even know that the critics didn't like it because this is a great movie. I mean, yeah, it's like the first time I saw it on TV. Remember in the TV guide, they would actually have like whether it was one star, two stars, or three stars, no. or four. It would always have two stars only. And then I'd be like, that doesn't make any sense. And that's like, just ridiculous because yeah. it's like kind of like a cold classic now, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Joe Brown, <laughs> Joe Brown, if you're still alive, you were definitely wrong. <laughs> Joe Brown, <laughs> like Joe Brown seems like a made up name. Like, uh-huh. you know. It's like Fletch. It's like Chevy Chase. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to get people's go. Yeah. So yeah, that that's definitely. And and again, when when this is in my top five, so you know that it's really good. So now uh, moving on to number three, uh, I'm putting a classic on my list. Uh, It's a Wonderful Life from 1946. I know many movie watchers are like, "Why a black and white film?" And you know that's a boring movie, but. You know, I think this is the classic of classics for Christmas movies. I've seen it so many times. You it's know, not I, even my favorite Jimmy Stewart movie. <laughs> yeah, no, there are better Jimmy Stewart movies. Don't get oh. me wrong. Like, this is not like uh, this is rated specifically as Christmas movie. But like, you know, it's directed by Frank Capra, who's obviously arsenic and old lace. 
Uh, he did the Mr. Smith Goes to Washington movie. Um, you know, the original Mr. Deeds movie before the Adam Sandler, like, you know, remake or whatever. Like, he did those. And those are funny back in the day. And if you watch them, they are still funny. Like, if you like movies. But he also... If I was going to pick an old movie, I'd rather watch Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I, I think we're getting some insight into Michael's list. Uh, you know, I, I do have to say, though, the screenplay in this, uh, co-written by Francis Goodrich and Albert Hackett. You know, what other things did they do? Uh, they wrote many of the Thin Man movies. You know, our mom, Diane, like, she loves the Thin Man. But they are funny. They're funny. They're funny movies. Uh, also, the Diary of Anne Frank TV movie they did. I'm sure many of us have seen that in school. That's where I saw it. They like forced us to watch it in school, yeah. uh, you know, which is kind of funny, uh, like because it was just a, a TV movie kind of random. They also wrote the Father of the Bride original and the reboot that they did them both. Uh, the reboot, of course, stars Steve Martin, who's also mentioned in another movie here. Uh, but like you said, Jimmy Stewart's in this. Um, you know, for, for anyone on YouTube that I'm sure knows, I personally think Jimmy Stewart could be played by Link of Rhett and Link from uh, Good Mythical Morning fame, uh, because Link can do a great Dana Carvey, uh, which makes sense because Dana Carvey does a great Jimmy Stewart impression and everyone's connected. <laughs> <laughs> Donna Stewart of Shadow of the Thin Man is, uh, and the Donna Reed show. Uh, from 1958 to 1966 is also in this movie. Um, you know, uh, uh, probably one of, this is one of the movies too. When you look down the list, there's not a lot of recognizable names uh, in terms of who's in it besides Jimmy Stewart and Donna Stewart. But the, the thing is that in, in those old forties days, fifties, even thirties, everybody was a good actor. The guy playing the taxi cab driver that has one line was probably in like a million plays in his life. Like <laughs> it's just, it was just a different time. Like you, it's like to get those lists, like those roles, you had to be like a very good, like actor, like, you know, you know, I, I just, I know you, you were already throwing shade at this, but I, I just think this is the classic, you know, uh, this I actually is, don't even really remember it. Cause like, I don't know. I don't, I never seen it that many times. Yeah, the, see, I watched it a lot with uh, with our dad, Ralph. Uh, but, like, you know, this is the I Wish I Wasn't Born movie. You get the Guardian Angel, Grants yeah. the Wish, uh, you know, shows you how awful it would be, uh, you know, that you weren't known by anyone in life and, like, uh, what that does. So, you know, it's kind of a midlife crisis movie that people relate to, especially during the holidays when things happen to us. Uh, it, it's definitely a family classic, you know, with the the angel gets the, the wings when the bell rings or whatever scene. But, you know, this, I feel like this is a movie that has very good acting from all the roles. It, it didn't need that all-star cast. And then you get that journey of Jimmy Stewart, you know, he, he, his character, George Bailey, uh, the way they piece it together is why this is usually on many critics lists for one of the top Christmas movies, because it's put together so well, like it, it begins with George Bailey as a kid, uh, he's dealing with different things there. Then it moves on as he's, you know, trying to better himself. Uh, he becomes a like a, a real estate guy that can plan villages and cities and and th things like that. Um, you know, like essentially, he ends up becoming the same thing that he hated in the beginning, what he wanted to not become. So he he just like didn't. He just was like, I'm done with everything. Um, 
you know, it's number three for me because there are definitely better movies and you'll see the movies that I have over this. But again, I remember watching this with our dad, Ralph, uh, you know, it was usually on those AMC movie classics with that guy that came out, uh, you know, he, he would have a suit and it'd be like a, like a red curtain. And he would just be like, here's another classic movie from the golden era of TV or, or movies or whatever he'd say, you know, uh, it was on, you know, it, <laughs> it would not have commercials either. I remember that guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I saw a lot of great movies that way that I probably would have never watched myself, but he, he would, you know, he'd mention things uh, as they happen, you know, dad, like he'd be like, Oh, like that's, you know how dad is like, you be like, Oh yeah, that, that scene, you see that scene, you like pause it and you like show that scene. Like you see that that's like great. That's great cinematography right there. Like yeah. so <laughs> he was very good at that. You know, I personally, the last of the moon scene is pretty good. It kind of shows how we could be a little cocky at a young age when he's uh, he's courting, uh, you know, uh, Donna Stewart's character. You know, the, again, like I said, the way the movie takes us through George's life is great. Uh, actually, one of my favorite scenes is uh, he goes to a graveyard with his guardian angel after he realizes, like, he got his wish, like he, he wasn't born. Uh, but he's still kind of coming to terms with it. And he realizes so many things change. Like his brother is dead instead of being alive. And, uh, you know, he never built this, uh, this, uh, essentially this village that everybody lived. It's just this graveyard because he never built it. So the land was never used. Um, it's kind of like the butterfly effect. I find, um, you know, it shows how, like essentially the person says each man's life touches so many other lives. And that's the point. It shows us as individuals, how Hmm. important we are. Uh, just as anyone else, because if we didn't exist, all the little things that we come in contact to are now changed. So, you know, to me, that's like kind of the classic Christmas trope. You know, I, I, I still I still like this movie. I'll watch it from time to time. Um, I think it's a it's a great uh, late night watch with the family when you're stuffed and you can't drink anymore. And it's a cold night in December and you kind of just want to like watch the movie and then pass out. But uh, you've already kind of mentioned that. Uh, you don't really watch this movie. You don't really like this movie. Uh, you know, so I have to ask you, you talked about this isn't your favorite Jimmy Stewart movie, and I'm sure this isn't Christmas related, but what is your favorite Jimmy Stewart movie? The man that shot Liberty Valance. That's a fantastic movie. Another one I saw in AMC, uh, you know, classic movies or whatever with dad. I actually think dad got like borrowed it from somebody at a VHS. It was like a recorded off TV VHS. No. I, I don't know. I like It's a Wonderful Life. I think it deserves to be on my top three. Uh, so I'll be interested. There's a couple of movies so far that I feel like you might not have on the top ten. So it'll be interesting to hear if there's any movies I missed or anything you jumble around later. But you know, we'll get to that because now we're getting to my top two. We're getting close to the end. I bring you Trading Places from 1983. Uh, a John Landis directed movie. Obviously, National Lampoon's Animal House. He did the Blues Brothers, Spies Like Us, Coming to America, Three Amigos. John Landis is 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 good. <laughs> it's also a New Year's movie. Yeah, it is a New Year's. It's kind of all encompassing. Trading places, <laughs> <laughs> so you could watch it multiple times during the holidays. Uh, the hilariously, one of the co-writers, Timothy Harris, uh, he wrote uh, My Stepmother is an Alien, Kindergarten Cop, Space Jam. And Brewster's Millions, which is one of my favorite baseball movies of all time, co-writer Herschel Weingrud, uh wrote those co-wrote those movies as well. Also, Twins. So uh, that's kind of interesting. Again, when you look at those writers and those directors, like how many other great movies they did, it's it's usually a lot. 
Uh, you know, this one you get Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, Ralph Bellamy, Donna Mesh, uh, Denholm Elliott, uh, even L. Franken and James Belushi make random appearances in small yeah. roles. <laughs> you know, before L. Franken was a senator, like he was uh, some stoner in a train car. <laughs> like, <laughs> and Paul Gleason's in this too. We mentioned him before, the, the principal from Breakfast Club. He's in this yeah. movie as well. He's in so many. We mentioned him from uh, his role in Die Hard. But yeah, like so, so many fantastic scenes. Uh, we get the story of the rich white guys making a bet that they can turn poor Eddie Murphy, uh, his character Billy Ray Valentine, into who Dan Aykroyd's character is, Harvard man Louis Winthorpe the uh, third. Hmm. You know, while also making Winthorpe poor, uh, so that he turns to crime. So it's kind of like they're trying to switch them, right? the trading places, obviously. But you know, <laughs> there's so many good things. I mean, I love the scene. You get Eddie Murphy inviting people to his house. He wants to show off his new wealth. Uh, he realizes they're all just freeloaders they're just dancing in his house like you know who who did not use the coaster like it's just so good (laughs) you know it's classic stuff the jail scene too like when when he's in jail and he's acting tough so that he doesn't get beaten up like that's good stuff Uh, i i think it's kind of a subtle thing that nobody really thinks about but the fact that on wall street they're trading frozen concentrated orange juice like that in and of itself is a joke like it's just such a ridiculous thing you know the obviously the end you get the wall street buying and selling also very good dan Aykroyd is an angry drunk santa you know i can go on and on my favorite though is the train scene because there's so many things like it it's it's multiple parts of the movie, so many parts. You know, you're in later hosen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis in disguise, but I mean the gorilla and L. Franken's character, uh, one of the baggage handlers, supposed to uh, supposed to watch the gorilla. You know, this random. It's like, why would they be putting a gorilla on a train? I don't know. That's absurd. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> And then it's a New Year's party. Uh, James Belusi, he gives us the, like, you know, the, the I'm a gorilla, you fucking clown. Like, <laughs> it's like the only time James Belushi was funny in his life. <laughs> but our main characters, uh, obviously in disguise is the Trick Gleason's character. Uh, they can switch out the orange crop report because they're trying to uh, to put a fake one in there to to all for the stocks. They're trying to corner the market essentially, uh, uh, and uh, of course later you get the gorilla and Gleason scene where you know there's uh, some some weird weird adult things going on with that gorilla <laughs> in that scene when they're friends from Cameroon like oh ah like it's so good like it's classic <laughs> classic comedy <laughs> Eddie Murphy's comedy gold. So I don't like at that point I'm just Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd. I, I want. I, I love this movie. I love Dan Aykroyd, but without Eddie Murphy, it's probably not as good of a movie. Like Eddie Murphy makes it. It's like they're the perfect kind yeah. of duo. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think it's great. And again, this is another movie I watched on TV, censored and edited many times, and then finally saw the real version uh, and <laughs> just and just thought it was amazing. You know, um, and, and I know you love trading places. We've watched this together many times as well. It just. Uh, you know, when, when you first remember, won and I lost one dollar, <laughs> <laughs> just one dollar, <laughs> you know, for you, like what, when you first saw trading places, cause like when I first saw it, you know, it's like, oh, cool. These guys are in it. This is going to be good. Oh. Um, I didn't realize I was going to laugh so hard the whole time. Mm. You know, it was like one of those movies where it was just like, this is, this is good. Yeah. Uh, 
for you, like when you saw it the first time, did you expect it to be as good as it was? I'm not sure if I did. No, I don't know. I don't remember actually. Yeah. And it's like, I'm guessing like you, uh, it was pretty early on that you oh. started to realize how good it was going to be. Cause they, they get into action early. I mean, like I said, that jail scene is pretty early. Um, they're switching their lives pretty early, you know, so. like modern problems with Chevy chase. I didn't think that was going to be good, but it was, it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> those, those guys are on a whole nother level. Uh, if I, that movie is so weird that I don't know, like it's not a Halloween movie, but it's creepy and it could be a Halloween movie because there's ghosts, yeah. right? Isn't there like possessed <laughs> people? Like yeah. that crazy scene where he's like sniffing the the, the white stuff and it's like <laughs> even does that Nell Carter puts down. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff, man. And, and to be honest, that's a perfect segue into my number one movie number one christmas movie of all time no surprises national lampoon's christmas vacation uh 1989 this movie came out uh crazy i have a lot of 80s movies that made my list another john hughes movie of course he wrote this he taught he was obviously the guy who did planes trains and automobiles my number 10 holiday movie uh jeremiah s chechik directed it he later directed benny and june Uh, The Avengers from the 90s. Uh, Also, eight episodes of the show Burn Notice, which I did not know. I I like that show, Burn Notice. So that's kind of crazy that the same director was in it. But uh, Chevy Chase, obviously, plays Clark Griswold, Beverly D'Angelo, Juliette Lewis, Johnny Galecki. I know know Michael here loves that Johnny Galecki. (laughs) Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in it. Randy Quaid is Cousin Eddie. John Randolph, Doris Roberts, Brian Doyle Murphy as uh, Clark Griswold's boss. Just all good stuff. This, to me, is the premier Christmas movie. Uh, It it is so funny from the beginning to the end. Uh, The Clark Griswold rants are legendary, as we all want to have the half-half-happiest Christmas since what, Mike? Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. (laughs) (laughs) And we already talked about this. Of course, the Jelly of the Month Club rant is good, too, when he's, like, shaking with the eggnog, and he's got to drink the eggnog, and he's kind of laughing. You know, thinking of things to say to his boss for not giving him a bonus, but Mm. uh, another thing I like, it's based in Chicago. It reminds me so much of our family, Christmas Eve family parties, the aunts, the uncles, grandmothers, you know, like while the Griswolds obviously are living in the suburbs and they were, you know, richer, their characters obviously are richer than like our family was. I think it checks a lot of boxes to yeah. our family get togethers, you know, <laughs> you know, she, she wrapped a jello mold. <laughs> like, she, she wrapped the cat. You know? <laughs> like it's good stuff. <laughs> Julie, the Julia Louise Dreyfus scenes are also kind of underrated. Uh, with her boyfriend because they hate the Griswolds and have conflict and it's just like you have the ice come through and destroy their stereo and they have no idea what's going on you know like it I mean, just do you know yeah what like what a dump truck sounds like driving through a nitroglycerin plant because I know <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff of course uh I think the way the kids have to interact with everyone kind of reminds me too of when like we were kids at our family parties, like, like, so so you don't know what to do half the time when they're asking you questions or pinching your cheek or whatever the hell people are doing. But Uh uh, it it just, there's so many classic scenes in this. Like, I I don't even know where to start. I mean, 
it, like I said, one of my all-timers has to be that Jelly of the Month Club rant uh, because the sequence after that, you get Cousin Eddie, uh, you know, tying up, uh, you know, yeah. Clark's boss Frank and putting a bow around him. But it, it starts like you just see you see him like have a look on his face and then the RV is leaving. And then it's leaving another place. And then you have that phone call. Like, he was a brute of a man wearing a blue leisure suit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and of course, it ends with the SWAT team crashing through the windows. Like, and then, you know, if you just want to continue it, because this is like at the end, you get the, if I had a rubber hose, I would beat you line. Like, which is just pure gold as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just good stuff. And, and this was another one that I actually didn't see the uncut version until college like uh, i think it was my freshman year i downloaded it and i was watching the movie and i had i hadn't seen the uncut version of the christmas vacation i saw it of the original vacation with you but i never saw this it was always on tv and they edited stuff out uh and if i recall the version i saw some of the rants weren't even in there they like cut them out completely they weren't even like censored to where like they just censored the swear words like they just didn't include them. So I didn't even know it was there. So as a kid, uh, the squirrel scene, the attic scene, when he's looking at the old memories and he's like wearing like the all the ridiculous costume clothes and then the sledding. Uh, oh, an asshole in my driveway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sledding. An asshole in a bathrobe. <laughs> yeah. Cousin Eddie, you know, shitters full, of course. That's another good one. But. You know, the, the, he puts that like ridiculous spray on the on the on the sled or whatever, and he goes flying down. Like as a kid, I love that. But then as an adult, when you actually see the unedited version, uh, it just uh, I couldn't stop laughing. I still to this day laugh as hard as I did the first time I saw it. It's just so good. It's so funny. I watch this every Christmas, and I know. And like I said, uh, Michael here, uh, he had me watch the uncut original National Lampoon's Vacation, also has legendary rants, uh, in that one, you know. But, uh, I know he has got a lot to say about this. Like, wh- what are your thoughts on my number one, man? I-, I know you like Christmas Vacation as much as me, so yeah, I love that movie, it's great. Um, yeah, <laughs> what, uh, you know, were you su- when you first saw the unedited version, were you as, uh, just falling out of your chair laughing like i was like yeah i was definitely <laughs> do you remember when you wrote that whole the whole uh that whole speech about the fucking being crosby and all that <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is that again our family parties like they were ridiculous like that we were walking like they were ending early because of something ridiculous not a squirrel or a dog chasing a squirrel it was usually because uh you know somebody stole a vodka bottle or something but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like but it's still like you know it's the whole thing and and there was always like somebody like no we we're gonna ruin christmas and that's what this reminds me of so much but do you remember uh like like did you because i never I never watched this movie with dad, but did you watch this movie with dad? Like, did you, like, how young were you when you first saw Christmas Vacation? Do you remember? I was pretty young, but I don't know. I don't remember who I watched it with, but. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure about that. Cause the, the one thing I, I think we went to the show, like. Really? You saw this in the theater? Yeah. Yeah. We went to the show for this movie. Now, yeah, we did. We were at the theater watching this with the unedited version. (laughs) <laughs> it, it half the stuff would have went over your head probably uh, at that point like uh, what, you would have been what like nine yeah 
So, yeah. I think I still found it funny, whatever was going on. <laughs> yeah, that's like me, because there was still funny stuff happening. Um, mm. And then, you know, like, if other people are laughing, you kind of laugh, too. But, like, it's just, mm. that had to be awesome. I wish I got to see it in the theater. <laughs> I had that memory. Uh, they, uh-huh. they, there are theaters that play old movies sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. So if I ever see Christmas Vacation playing at a at a movie theater, like I I have to say that uh, I would run to this movie. I'd pay twenty dollars to see this in theaters just because I know it's kind of ridiculous, but there's just something about that atmosphere. Be, and and you're watching it with a bunch of other people. Now you know that's my top ten. Now so now before we get to uh, what uh, Michael here would change about my list, and and if I missed anything uh, that he thinks is worthy here. Uh, I'm going to go through a couple of honorable mentions that just missed my list. I still consider these really good movies. A Bad Santa, I think, is really funny. It was, again, another uh, newer movie with Billy Bob Thornton. It's just, it's a very dirty movie. Uh, Definitely not a family movie. Uh, I just think it's a hilarious Christmas movie. Like, it's just so ridiculous, like, about he's a criminal and everything. Like, it's good. I I like that movie a lot. The Home Alone franchise, one and two, although I like two better, I kind of lump them in together. I think that, that those are classic kind of christmas that i mean joe pesci and david stern and in the second one you get uh you get you know uh tim curry or whatever uh jumping in there just another another franchise macaulay Culkin when he's young like i just that those movies uh bring back nostalgia from me uh, trapped in paradise a movie michael here showed me almost mm-hmm. i almost put it on there because i love this movie since he first showed it to me, Nicolas Cage, John Lovitz, uh, Dana Carvey, I think that they play off of each other so well. Uh, the, just the banter in this movie is so good. It makes me think that a lot of their banter was like improv because yeah. of the, the way it is. I, I love that movie as well. Four laughs. Yeah. <laughs> Circle, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also one of my honorable mentions Tim Allen's The Santa Claus, the original one. I don't know, like I, that's another Judge Reinhold movie too. Hilariously, he's in that. Uh, there's something about it. I like that movie. I, I don't know, like I liked it as a kid. I thought thought it was pretty funny. Uh, and then Michael mentioned it that he would put this over. It's a Wonderful Life, but White Christmas. You know, Bing Crosby tap dancing with Danny fucking Gay. Like, what else can you ask for? It's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's something I also saw with our nani. Uh, but uh, so yeah, so. Those are those are some of the quick honorable mentions that I was really uh, thinking about putting on the list, but just ended up not for whatever reason. But so now, like, so Mike, like, what uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on, on my list? Do you think you think I did a pretty good job, or, or would you jumble some things? And, and it's okay, but I'm gonna like I, I would get rid of a Wonderful Life and put Trapped in Paradise in there, of course, and even Christmas Story. I probably would. Um, what would I take? Um, four Christmases with. Um, John Favreau and uh, Vince Vaughn. That was really funny. Yeah, that's a movie that uh, I've only seen a couple of times. Uh, I, I I do think that it's funny, but um, I kind of went with movies I saw a lot to, to put on this list. Uh, so I'll have to watch that again. That that's pretty. That's uh, I'm sure that's pretty good. Craft in Paradise is definitely on my top ten. Like you know, it's one I I watch all the time. Yeah, yeah, I almost put it up there. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Cage classic. <laughs> Nick, Nick, I mean, like I said, like just because it didn't make my top ten doesn't mean I don't like it. I think that movie's mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, what about uh, what? What would you have the same number one? Uh, Christmas Vacation, or would you uh, put something else as number one? Um, yeah, I think that would be number one right there. 
Yeah, I, I figure that you'd be on the same page with that one. Again, it, it, that's probably a lot of people's number one Christmas movies. It's just so good. Uh, would you uh, Would you have Elf in, in your top ten? A lot of people might think that that might not. I be like good. Elf. I like Gremlins. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's all in there. I, uh, I don't know about Edward Scissorhands. I like it, but it, I don't think it'd be in my top ten. Oh, okay. Like Christmas movies, anyway. Yeah, I got you. What about uh, Die Hard? Would that be in there or no? No. Yeah, that wouldn't have made well, you... It's not even a Christmas movie to me. It's an action movie. Like, <laughs> hey, It's an action was, Christmas movie. I think movie, it's a man. Christmas movie. <laughs> I, I, It was billed as such. It was literally billed as a Christmas movie. And at oh. the end, the, at the end, the songs Let It Snow. Let It Snow. I really like Skipping Christmas with... Um, um, Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis and Dan Aykroyd plays like, oh, the yeah, you show- guy, like the suburban block guy who's like the mayor of the block. Yeah. Like, he knows everybody's business and he cares what's going on. <laughs> you you definitely you showed me that movie. That was that was a, that was yeah. pretty funny. I only saw it the one time you showed me, but yeah, like that was that that was also pretty good. Um, you know, another Tim Allen Christmas movie, hilariously. I, I I think it's funny that a lot of these actors do a bunch of these. <laughs> But uh, trading trading places, would you have that as high as I did? Because I, I I love it at number two. Like I, I think that that was so such a funny movie. Yeah, it's, it's definitely in, in my top. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, I another mean, good, uh, another good uh, seasonal movie like for New Year's is Two Hundred Cigarettes. Two Hundred uh, Cigarettes. Yeah. Well, what's Al's a taxi driver? Um, you got Ben Affleck. You got Casey Affleck. Yeah, um, it, it's a pretty all star cast. Paul Rudd, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, it. Garofalo. Uh, I also like that uh, movie. What's a lot. her name from the Goonies? Is in that? She's the one throwing the party. I forget her name. Like I forget the actress's name, but she's from the Goonies. Which character from the Goonies? The blonde with the glasses. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I got you. I can't think of her name either. But yeah, like that's uh, that that's another. That's another pretty good movie. I like that a lot. I wouldn't put it on my top Christmas movies, though, like at all. I wouldn't even consider. I, I guess it's holiday. It's a New Year's Eve movie. That's what it's all about. It's about New Year's Eve. They're all like trying to get to this party, and mm-hmm. like then the what's her name from the Goonies gets drunk and like passes out for her own party before anybody gets there. And she's like, oh, they had a party without yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, and, and and to be honest, again, my list was actually not just Christmas; it was holidays because I had uh, plane strings and automobiles from Thanksgiving as well. But like, it's just. It's a it's a good movie. I'll have to I'll have to look oh, back. I'll have to see that movie again. And there's also movie. Dutch with um um. What's his name? Paul O'Neill or what's no? That's not is he the Paul baseball O'Neal? player? <laughs> a baseball player. Um, He's a Yankee. <laughs> fucking El Bundy. What's his name? Um, <laughs> something O'Neill, right? Yeah, Ed O'Neill. That's who you're looking for. That's fucking Ed O'Neill. Yeah, yeah, Ed, o- Ed O'Neill. <laughs> Also, you know, he's a, he's in some good uh, sports movies. But that's a good one because it's also, I think, Thanksgiving and like Christmas, I think, or maybe just Thanksgiving. I'm not sure. I think it goes into both, actually. But like I told you, my brother's a movie guy. Ethan Embry's in there. Like Ethan Embry was actually one of the Rusties later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because every every vacation movie, there's a different Rusty. <laughs> uh, my favorite is uh, my favorite are. Anthony Michael Hall, number one, and uh, Johnny Galecki, number two. Yeah, Galecki from Christmas Vacation, and Anthony, the nerdy Anthony Michael Hall. 
I still think it's funny that he got buff for Edward Scissorhands, I gotta say. Because mm. <laughs> like, I was just like, wait, that's Anthony Michael Hall? Because like I had seen Breakfast Club and, and all those 80s movies, the, you know, the, the Rat Pack or whatever they call it, the Brat Pack, I mean, mm. like those movies. And he was always this small, nerdy kid. And then all of a sudden he's like muscular, like maniac. <laughs> like Edward Scissorhands, it's just so crazy. But yeah, that that guy's nuts. Yeah, uh, it sounds to me like we're, we we kind of hit on some of the same movies, but there's, kind of just, a, there's another Nicolas Cage one in Family Man. Family Man is a Christmas movie. I would not put that anywhere kind of a near serious my one. Like if I wanted to pick a more serious one, be Family Man. Yeah, or he goes on that whole like you know. I feel like, like that's what would your life be kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, that's the trope, man. That's like it's a wonderful life. It's just oh. a different version of it. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a couple of movies that do that kind of trope. Like, what would what would you do if like your life was a little different, kind of a deal? You know, and then you end up wishing that you were back, like in your old oh. life. Um, but yeah, like I'm surprised that you don't like it's a wonderful life. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't watch it a lot. <laughs> you know, no. like I say not not a big Jimmy Stewart it's a wonderful life fan over here. <laughs> like, <laughs> so would you put white christmas on the list then or would that just be like kind of on an honorable mention i said i would take that over like an older christmas movie like over wonderful life like i'd watch that okay i, I watched that a lot with nani she's always yeah she loved it. white christmas as well <laughs> <laughs> I, I that's why it's a, another reason why it's on my honorable mentions because i watched that a lot it, it's a good it's a good christmas movie like you know there's so many. It's so He's hard. like the do. only reason I know like random Judy Garland movies that isn't like The Wizard of Oz. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> or in, uh, uh, what's his fucking Mickey Rooney? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like in all kinds yeah. of movies together. Yeah. That, I'm, I'm surprised that you didn't watch more. Like, did you watch action movies with Nani? Because she watched them with me all the time. Like, she loved them. She'd be like, oh, my God, I love this movie. Like, she'd be no, just it. Beverly Hills Cop. She said, I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Murphy again. Yeah, yeah. that's good stuff. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop is classic. But, like, yeah, like Die Hard, Universal Soldier we watched. Like, some other random ones like lethal weapon i watched that with nani like she's just all about those movies with me <laughs> it's so funny like i wonder if anybody else like you know our cousin danny or, or laura or anyone watched action movies with nani <laughs> it, it, it could be like a random story that like for some reason only i have like she watched all kinds of action movies like with me like you know but she was like into it she was like she was like pa like she, you couldn't pause tv but she would be like oh hold on a second i'm I, i'm gonna come but tell me what happened like she would all be excited <laughs> what what did i miss from the from from this movie you know, it's just so funny that you love those action movies. But yeah, like, but yeah, I mean, there, there, there's you guys have my top ten uh, holiday movie list and uh, Michael's insight here. Uh, apparently, I did okay uh, for the movie connoisseur. Like, I, I, I hit on some, I hit on some things, but I didn't hit on all of them. He would definitely jumble it up. Uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, uh, you know, it's it. The, Michael here is uh he's shown me a lot of these movies, a lot of these uh unedited versions of them as well. And uh, I probably would not have the same uh movie 
uh, knowledge if it wasn't for Michael. So obviously it, it's always fun watching movies with you on the holidays, man. No. Yeah. This has been fun, huh? This podcast. I know it's the first one you've been on. Are you yeah. are you also excited to uh you know, because I, I do want you to come on. I have some things in mind, uh, some projects in the future. I know everybody listening should be excited about this because Michael here is uh, uh he could be very funny with things and uh, I think uh I think he knows what's up and uh he's uh I don't know, there's just uh there's just a a delivery that he has in, in some of the characters he does for us uh that i think he'd do great uh on a show but uh um you know are you excited to, to, to get to get back on here and do some projects with me man yeah sure i definitely am <laughs> but that was like the, the... maybe be a less nervous than i am for now like i don't know why i'm nervous about a podcast but i am <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's funny is that uh, I would say that you started nervous. You got real. You you weren't as nervous, and then now you're a little <laughs> nervous. <again. laughs> it's like it's like ending, and you're getting nervous again. But but oh, no. when, when, <laughs> when we get when we started to hit Scrooge, you were just like all you were just like you know singing Robert Goulet songs like. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's been a blast of course thanks to everyone uh, who's been listening and supporting the sun-dried tomatoes podcast and youtube channel thanks to everyone who subscribed and downloaded the podcast and to those who have subscribed to my youtube channel itself this wouldn't be possible with all of your support and i really do appreciate it thanks again to my brother michael for joining me to talk holiday movies for everybody else uh, please feel free to share your own holiday favorites uh in the comments uh section of the video uh, on youtube on the youtube version um and uh, hey i, I uh, have a thick skin so you can rip my list to shreds uh and, and disagree with me all you want i do not care uh but yeah go ahead comments it'll be fun uh until next month salute